0: Well, we want to welcome you to Toronto City Church in our 11.30 a.m. service. If we have not had the opportunity to meet before, my name is Pastor Brennan Witt. I am the lead pastor here. I serve alongside my wife, who says hello. She's actually currently in Dallas, Texas. And so she was in Dallas for the weekend. Uh, she attended an event put on by Cindy Jacobs called Deborah United, and she actually spoke. And, uh, and she had some warfare get in there. They Delayed her on her flight, totally wasn't her fault Lost her luggage Yeah, she was She's going to speak at a woman's conference And they lost everything So so my wife persevered through some things this weekend And she and Holy Spirit and Shiloh Went and found new clothes So she was happy with that She got to buy a bunch of new stuff So that was good But uh but she did want me to say hello to everybody, and uh, it is good to see you. And since she's not here, and actually Pastor Samuel's away today too, you guys are getting a lot of me this afternoon. I'm doing everything besides worship. You don't want me doing worship. so. Uh, but we want to give a special welcome to any first-time guests we have here. If you're joining us for the first time, thank you. We're so glad you're here. You could be many, many places today. You chose to be here. That means a lot to us. And so what we want to invite you to do is once we're done here, Uh, and we're finished. If you go out into the lobby and hang a quick left, we've got a connect table there. Uh, We'd just love to meet you a little bit more, and we actually want to bless you with a a gift card uh, just to say thank you for joining us. So just a little gift from us to say thank you for joining with us. So if you wouldn't mind checking out after service, that would be great. As always as well today, we want to really take a moment to acknowledge our weekly tithes and offerings. Uh, We don't pass the baskets anymore. The vast majority of people give online at different times throughout the week, so it's a little different where it's not like it's just one moment where everybody gives. But we still feel it's so important to acknowledge all that is given and just to pray together over it and just to remind ourselves of God's heart in our giving. Uh, Today I'll be preaching the final installment of our sermon series, Deeper Faithfulness. You know, I was thinking about it today, even as I was sharing in first service. There's such a connection between our faithfulness and our giving. It's, just, it's huge. It's massive. Uh, when we give to God, when we bring our tithes and offerings, it's an act of faithfulness. It demonstrates our faithfulness, and it, it builds a deeper foundation in faithfulness for each one of us. The Bible says where your treasure is, there your heart is also going to be. And, you know, that makes a lot of sense if you think about it. If I'm passionate about something, if I really love something, I will invest. I will invest finances. Right? I think of my kids. I love my kids. I invest finances in my kids. I love my wife. I invest finances in my wife. You better believe me. I'd be big trouble if I did not. Right? But, but you could question. And if I say, oh, I love you, but I don't want to ever give. I don't want to ever invest. I always want to hold back. You know, you'd question the love. You go, hey, wait a minute here. What's 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 going on? This doesn't compute because this is the natural outflow. Love always leads to giving and to sowing. And, and it's our faithfulness in that that makes such a massive impact. So I want to say thank you to everybody here for your incredible faithfulness. We've got so many faithful people in Toronto State Church that just give and sow and go above and beyond. I mean, we had an amazing legacy offering this year. We've had an amazing, incredible just people going above and beyond. So thank you for that. Let's keep being faithful. Amen. And I also want to invite those of you who maybe, yeah, for whatever reason, you haven't, you don't really do the giving thing to God right now. And maybe it's been a bad experience. Maybe it's just been, you know, all things have been tough or whatever else. But I want to encourage you in faithfulness in this area because you can never outgive God. And when you seek first the kingdom, all else is added unto you. There's amazing things that happen when we obey God in this area. So I just want to encourage you and invite you. Take that step of faithfulness and watch what God does in your life. Amen? So let's pray. Let's go before the Lord. And then we're just going to have a few weekly announcements. Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. We thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity that we have to give and sow. Even some are giving and sowing in this moment. Others are giving and sowing throughout the week. But Father, we thank you just for the opportunity we have to give. Thank you for the faithfulness that's in this house. Thank you that your word says that a faithful man or woman will abound in blessings. And because of the faithfulness, we thank you for an abounding in blessing. Uh, We also thank you and pray for those who just maybe don't have that revelation yet in this area. Or have struggled with it for some reason. That, that this would be the season that they, they step out in faith and watch what you do. And so, Lord, we love you so much. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. And everyone agreed with me, said? Amen. Amen. All right, well, if you want to turn your attention to the screen for the weekly announcements, and then yours truly, we'll be back with the message. How many people are ready for the Word of God? Amen. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to preach this. It was fun the first time. I think it's going to be even more fun the second time. So, we're going to the Word of God. If you have your Bibles, please turn to Psalm 37, verse 3. As you're going there, just a couple practical reminders. First and foremost, I want everybody to say next week. I want you to really remember next week. It was in the announcement reel. But if you show up, well, you know, you could show up at 1130 and you wouldn't be too off the mark. But I was telling our 9 a.m. crowd, if you show up at 9 a.m. for service, you will be momentarily disappointed because next week we are not doing services this way. We're going to gather in a different way as the church, and we're doing our Sunday Fun Day community barbecue. So we are going to be here on property. We're going to have food. We're going to have fun. There's going to be stuff for the entire family. We're partnering a little bit with Resilience Fitness for just some amazing games and stuff. We're going to have a big inflatable uh, inflatable obstacle course. Like, it's going to be a lot of fun. And so I want to invite you at 11 a.m. Everybody say 11 a.m. 11 a.m. So we got 11 a.m. Bring your, you know, dress for the weather. Uh, appropriately, of course, but you know, dress for the weather, uh, bring your lawn chairs, bring your blankets, you know, we're just going to kind of set up out here in the field, we are going to have free burgers, free hot dogs, free sausages, so we just want to kind of bless you and bless the community, uh, but you do want to bring your own drinks inside, so you want to bring some of you, if you want some extra food, you can bring it, bring some to share if you would like, I mean, we're not going to have like a formal sharing table or something, but maybe you connect with another family or somebody else is here, our youth fundraising cafe will be running so you can buy drinks and chips and snacks and we're going to have probably some kind of ice cream and freezies, I don't know, they're getting it all set up. So you will have those kind of opportunities but it's going to be an amazing and fun day. And here's what I do. Invite somebody to come with you. Invite a friend. Invite a family member. You know, maybe that person has never wants to go to church with you. Tell them, well, it's not really church. Well, technically it is because we're still the church. We're still together. But just tell them, free food. It's going to be fun. Come on out. So that is going to be next Sunday at 11 a.m. Now, speaking of the youth fundraising cafe, it is still running after service. But parents, remember, today is the deadline for your deposit for youth camp. So make sure you get your deposit in. Again, if we know finances can be tight for some. If there's a challenge, talk with Paul. We want to make sure that every one of our students possible can go to youth camp. I know my life was transformed. God actually called me to plant a church while I was at Lakeshore Pentecostal Church. I mean, our camp, excuse me, Lakeshore Pentecostal Camp. That's where I got the call to plant a church years ago. There's powerful things that happen, and it's worth the investment. And so I promise you, whatever I have to do, I want to get my kids in those kind of atmospheres. And so I'd encourage you in that and talk with us about that. And then remember as well, couples, if you want to join the marriage tune-up on Saturday, today is the last day to register for that. So you want to make sure you do it. Let's go to Psalm 37, verse 3. I'm going to pray, and we're going to lock and load. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity I have to share your word holy spirit as we have already in so many ways we welcome you right now you are the one who illuminates the word you are the one who makes it come alive to us and so we just welcome you even as i share that it'll really be your power that flows and i thank you that you are taking us deeper and even as we talk about today you're taking us deeper in faithfulness we love you so much and we thank you for this in jesus name and everyone agree with me said amen some of you got to jump on that that's good psalm 37 verse 3 as always got a bunch of scriptures i want to look at today and we're going to talk about and break down a little bit from the new american standard bible trust in the lord and do good live in the land and cultivate faithfulness everybody say cultivate faithfulness cultivate. and so the vast majority as you are aware some of you though maybe being your first sunday or you've missed several weeks you wouldn't be up to speed with things we've been doing a series entitled deep excuse me entitled deeper faithfulness And we've been talking about cultivating faithfulness in our lives, cultivating our faithfulness before the Lord. So we've taken some time to define what faithfulness is, what faithfulness looks like, and we've taken time. We we talked about in the first week being faithful to Jesus, being faithful to his word, being faithful to his calling on our lives or to service, and being filled with faith. And then last week we took some time and we went through Matthew 24, 9 to 14, particularly and we took some time, it was more of a sobering word, a sobering passage, but we talked about some of the challenges that will rise against faithfulness. And we talked about some of the things, even in the days that we're living in, and I believe it's going to continue to grow and to continue to increase, some of the things that you and I are going to have to make the decision that we are going to be faithful in the midst of. And so we talked about those things. Again, I will not recap everything, but you can always go listen to the YouTube or to the podcast and and make sure you catch up with that message. But at the last part of Matthew chapter 24, right in verse 14, it finished with this phrase. And it said, he who endures to the end will be saved. It said, he who endures the end will be saved. Or I loved the contemporary English version. It says, but if you keep on being faithful, right to the end, you will be saved. Somebody say, keep on being faithful. And so that was really the point that we finished last week where there's this call to keep on being faithful. Not just to be faithful for a moment, not just to be faithful for a season, but to build in our lives a continual faithfulness to the Lord. And no matter what, to make a commitment that we will keep on being faithful. Somebody say that again, keep on being faithful. And so today in the final installment of this series, I want to focus on a very simple but a very important question. I'm a very practical person. I want to know not just what I need to do, but I want to know how to do it. My wife always laughs at me a bit because it shows up in different areas of my life. So if we go somewhere, I like to pull out my map. I can now I can get it on my phone. I like to know where I am. I like to know where things are. I like to know where we're going. I just I like to know the practicalities of things. I'm very practical in that. This flows over into my preaching, but I think it'll be very pertinent for all of us today, even if you aren't quite as practical as I am. And the simple point of this is how do we keep on being faithful? We've been talking about faithfulness. We've been talking about the importance of faithfulness. We've been talking about things we're going to have to be faithful in the midst of. But how about you? I want to know what do I need to do so I can keep on being faithful? What are things that I want to build into my life so that I can keep on being faithful, so I can be faithful right to the end? What are the things that I want to encourage my brothers and sisters in Christ around me in, in their lives, so that they can keep on being faithful? What are the things as a parent? That I would want to build into my children or really cultivate in my children's lives so they can keep on being faithful. And so I want to take some time. I don't have all the answers and all the wisdom, but I believe the Holy Spirit will give us some truth and some insight today of how we can keep on being faithful. Everybody say, keep on being faithful. And so let's start. The first thing I want to start with in this call to keep on being faithful is I want to focus on this word cultivate. Everybody say, cultivate. You remember we started, and if you're not used to it, I'm gonna get you talking lots to me today. So Psalm 37 verse three, it talked about cultivating faithfulness. Faithfulness is not something that you are born with, and it's not necessarily a spiritual gift that is just given to you. There is a power of the Holy Spirit that can empower us, but faithfulness is something that is cultivated. And when I think of faithfulness today, I think of three things. The first thing i think of is cultivation and you talk about cultivating faithfulness cultivation is something you do on purpose cultivation does not happen by accident when i think of this i i i think of um i, I think of doing yard work at my house now For the last five years, we've lived in a condo townhouse, and one of the things I've loved about our condo townhouse here in the city of Toronto is I have not had to cut grass for five years. God is good. Now, I know some of you are looking at me going, well, I like cutting the grass. And that's awesome. You work that spiritual gift, you run that spiritual gift out. I do not like cutting grass. I just feel like there's a whole lot more things I want to be doing with my life and with my time than cutting grass. I've not had to cut grass for five years. I've not had to shovel snow for five years. Except here at the church and sometimes over at the dome when the snow all piles up on the dome. But I've been free from those things. But this summer, because Micah's going into high school and we've got some family transitions, we're moving. I had the sneaking suspicion we're getting back into a house where there's going to be some grass. And so I, that's one part I'm not looking forward to. Now, Micah's now 14, so don't tell him this, but I think that's going on the chore list, right? And so I'm going to give him the joy of learning about cultivating the lawn. But here's why I learned. I remember our old house. We had this beautiful house. But I'm going to tell you the truth. I did a terrible job with our lawn. I did We had these wonderful gardens. I did a terrible job. Now, I did a terrible job. Pastor Sharon didn't even bother doing anything. So I'm just going to leave it at that. She, at least I somewhat made a weak, half-hearted effort. She just kind of left it on me. But here's one of the things I learned with that. Man, you leave that lawn for a week or two, it does not just grow all this beautiful, wonderful thing. I mean, the weeds come in quick. You don't have to try to have weeds and problems show up. But cultivation you have to do on purpose. Right? You have to take care of the grass on purpose. You have to take care of the gardens on purpose. And I just never got my head around it. So, so, but it reminds me, guys, faithfulness does not happen by accident faithfulness has to be cultivated faithfulness has to be developed in your life you have to do it on purpose everybody say on purpose Purpose. the second thing i love about this word cultivate is to cultivate speaks of doing something over time we live in such a quick fix fast food five minutes or it's free kind of generation we often move these things over into the things of the spirit over into the things of the kingdom and yet so many things in God take time and there's something about cultivation there's something about faithfulness in our lives to God that is developed over time it doesn't take a whole lot to be faithful for a month Maybe it's a little harder to be faithful for a year, but you start talking about being faithful for a decade, you start talking about being faithful for decades on end, that is a cultivation. That is something that is special, beautiful, and powerful. It's something the Lord develops. But family, I want to call you today, and even as we bring this series to a close, I want to call us to be faithful on purpose. But I also want to call you to be faithful for the long run. Don't be a flash-in-the-pan kind of Christian. Don't be someone who does it well for a few weeks or a few months or even a couple years. Set and commit in your heart, I'm going to be faithful to the end. I'm going to keep on being faithful. You know, it's one of the things I love here at Toronto City Church because God's blessed us to be a very intercultural church. We've got many different nations and backgrounds represented. I love that. We need to protect that and just cultivate that and keep growing that. I also love that we are an intergenerational church. We have cradle right up through people, through all age groups in our church. And one of the blessings, especially of having, if I could say it this way, older saints together and being able to be part of that is there's something about being faithful to Jesus over time. There's something about being faithful to Jesus over decades. Right, there's something about being faithful to Jesus where you've been there in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s and the thousands and the 2010s and there's something so beautiful about that. But there's something powerful about being faithful over time. Let us commit for the long haul. This is not a sprint, it's a marathon. And God's giving you the grace to do it but you've gotta set your heart, I'm gonna keep on being faithful. Come on, somebody say keep on being faithful. And last but not least, just to start here, what stands out to me about this word cultivate is cultivation is something that is guarded and protected. When you cultivate, you're investing time, you're being intentional, but you're also protecting it. You're guarding it. You're watching over it. God calls us to guard and protect and watch over our faithfulness that we really say this is something that's special, it's something that's precious, it's just something important, I want, I, want, I want to be faithful. It, it, it's not by accident that when the Bible talks about standing before Jesus and he'd say, well done, good and faithful servant. Faithful to what I called you to, faithful to what I asked of you. You're not comparing yourself to somebody else. Are you being faithful to what he said? Did you guard that faithfulness? Did you protect that faithfulness? See, it's the power of cultivation. I've used this example in different contexts, but I'll use it again. If someone breaks into your house and you wake up and you run to the weight set, and you start lifting weights so you can be strong enough to handle the person breaking into your house, how many of you are already too late? Right? You can't, you can't run and do it. And so often there's this cultivation of faithfulness, this guarding protecting. But family, we are going to come into times, there will be moments where there's faithfulness tests. There will be moments in your life, and you most of the time cannot see them coming. They'll often catch you off guard. They'll come out of nowhere. But if you have prepared yourself and you've cultivated faithfulness in your life, you will be ready. But if you have not cultivated faithfulness in your life, you've gone the easy route. You've taken things the easy way. You've cut corners. You've kind of, oh, it's not that big of a deal. It doesn't matter that much. And you've not cultivated faithfulness. You know, will not be ready for those moments. And I want you to be ready for those moments. I want to be ready for those moments. I want us to be ready for those moments. But that means we cannot take the easy route, but we've got to make the decision to say, I'm going to cultivate faithfulness in my life. I'm going to be faithful with little. I'm going to be faithful every day. I'm going to be faithful in prayer. I'm going to be faithful in the word. I'm going to be faithful in giving. I'm going to be faithful in holiness. I'm going to be faithful in reaching others. I'm going to be faithful. It's not going to be glamorous. It's not always going to feel amazing. You're not going to get a pat on the back too often for doing it but you're being faithful God knows you know and then you'll step into those seasons of your life where you need it and the character will be there why because you developed it over time you cultivated faithfulness and there's a call even in this message family there's some days that are coming that we have to have cultivated faithfulness in our lives that we will stand firm for Jesus come on somebody say keep on being faithful A second starting point I want to share with you is Matthew chapter 7, 24 to 27. Again, this is a passage most of you will know very well. It says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it was founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the floods came, the wind blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Now this is a passage that is so much about faithfulness. A couple thoughts. Number one, faithfulness is so connected to hearing and doing the word of God. If you're going to be a faithful person, you need to be faithful to hear God's word. You need to be faithful to putting God's word into your life on a regular basis. One of the reasons many believers are weak in faithfulness is because they're weak in the word. If the only time you get the word is when you come to church once a week, and that's where you get the word in your heart, it's kind of like eating food once a week and then wondering why you're struggling with weakness throughout the week. You are called to faithfulness to the Word of God. And family, part of my call in this season, I'm calling you deeper. I'm calling you higher. And I'm saying today, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you need to have a regular steady diet of being in the Scriptures. You need to have a regular steady diet of you being the Word of God yourself every day. And as I said many times, it's not going to be glamorous. You're not going to have the glory cloud appear in your room. Angels appear. Sometimes you're going to feel like nothing is happening at all, but you're being faithful and something is happening in your spirit because you're committed to the word. But not do we need to be committed to hear the word, but we need to be committed to do the word. So you want to read to do, not just read to get information in your head. And so we need to have that commitment. Okay, God, I'm going to be in your word. I'm going to be working to do your word. The second thing that stands out to me about faithfulness in this passage is that your foundation really matters. Notice the difference between the wise man and the foolish man was not the house, it was the foundation. I want us to catch that because sometimes we look at this and we figure that the wise man just built this really sturdy house and it was really good and the foolish man just built this terrible house. No, they both built a house. And there's nothing in the text that suggests that their houses were any different. Furthermore, it doesn't say this in the text, but I would suspect that the foolish man had even more time to pretty up his house because he didn't spend time digging into the rock to build a foundation. Right? So wise man is chipping away at the rock because he's going to build a good foundation. Foolish man is already getting the framing up. Wise man is still chipping away at the rock because it's hard work. Foolish man is starting to put all the boards and all the pieces together. Wise man is still chipping away at the rock. He's still digging. Foolish man now has the glass in, the windows. He's starting to bring the furniture in. He's looking over the wise man. He's saying, you're still digging a hole in the ground. And see, he may have looked like for a while that he was actually further ahead, but when the storm showed up, that's what showed who had the right foundation. And I want to encourage some of you today. Right now you feel like you're just digging a hole in the ground. You feel like you're just chipping away at a rock. You're being faithful to God. But it doesn't look like a lot's happening. And nobody else can see the fruit yet in your life. And maybe there's even some people you feel like are further ahead of you. But I want to encourage you. You keep digging where God's called you to. Because it's not how you start. It's how you finish. And when you hit that day with the storm, you're going to be so glad that you built a foundation of faithfulness but your foundation really matters. So here's the deal with the foundation. Most people can't see it. It, 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 Nobody, I've never seen someone walk up to you and go, wow, you have such a beautiful foundation at your house. Right, nobody says that, oh, can I see your foundation? Like what, no, people wanna see your house, they wanna see, isn't it interesting, a lot of things we want to see actually have nothing to do with standing up during a storm. But it's the things you can't see the things you did in secret, the things you did before God when nobody else was watching, nobody else was looking, nobody else was giving you a pat on the back, but you were being faithful and you were building a foundation that was going to stand the test of time. Don't be afraid of being hidden. Don't be afraid of doing some things by yourself in certain seasons because you're building a foundation. Come on, somebody say your foundation matters. And the last thing, I was going to say this. It's not a matter of if the storms come, it's when the storms come. Now, this isn't what a lot of us like hearing, but we're all going to face storms. Following Jesus does not excuse you from facing storms in life. Following Jesus sometimes will bring even more storms in life because when you follow Jesus, you take sides against the enemy. It's not if storms will come, it's when storms will come. We don't know when they're going to come. We don't know what they're going to look like. We don't know how long they'll last. But here's what I know. If we know we have a foundation and we're built in Christ, we know we can go through anything with him. But faithfulness is huge. Come on, somebody say, keep on being faithful. So if we're talking about building then, what are some things that we can build into our lives to help us be faithful to the end? What are some things that you can build in your life? What are some things that you can build in your children's lives, parents? What are things that you can cultivate or you can build into your life? And I wanna just give you five things really quick today that you can build into your life so you can keep on being faithful. These are practical things. You put these things into practice, it's gonna take you forward in faithfulness in your life. Everybody say number one. Number one, we've been talking about a foundation. If you're gonna be faithful, I wanna go right to the foundation. And I want to ask you this question today. I want you to really think about it. I'm not going to obviously take answers. Why are you a Christian? If we're going to be faithful, we've got to go right back to that question. Why are you a Christian? Why are you following Jesus? Because that is the foundation of everything else. And what I've noticed over 20-plus years of ministry, I've watched it myself, I've watched it in the lives of many people, is why you're following Jesus is very important. And it's going to make a huge difference, especially when storms show up. Why are you a Christian today? Why are you here? Like, I'm glad you're here. Thank you for coming. But why? What's your motivation? man looks at the outward appearance but God looks at the heart and sometimes we can do the right things but for the wrong motivations and those motivations are only ex- they're, they're exposed in the storm see no one would have known the two different foundations these men had until the storm showed up so why are you a christian here here's some reasons why people are christian some people are a christian because that's just the way they grew up that's their family I grew up a Christian. My family went to church. I grew up, I was used to this. And so their foundation for being a Christian is this is just my family. This is just what we do. Here's the problem with that. The problem is you need to have a personal relationship with Jesus, and if you're just doing this because of your family, hey, when things are good, the water's calm, the sun's shining, the birds are tweeting, yeah, you're fine being a Christian. But what happens when the storm comes in? What happens when you face persecution? What happens if following Jesus costs you something? If you're only doing it because this is what my family does, I promise you, you'll drop that pretty quickly. Because you didn't have the right foundation. There's also some other people, and the reason they're a Christian is because they want their life to be better. Now, I, I handle this one lightly because I believe that God brings so much blessing in your life, and he makes it so much better, but I also believe that shouldn't be my foundation. Because what happens when following Jesus in a moment means my life isn't easier, or my life isn't better, or I have to pay a price, or I'm persecuted, or I'm, I'm excluded from a certain group because I won't, and all of a sudden, following Jesus is not making my life better, it's not making my life easier, it's not making everything happen the way I want to. See, in that moment, if my foundation is I'm doing this so my life will be better, I will be out. But see, I've gotta have a deeper foundation. Again, I'm not preaching that God doesn't bring so much blessing and incredible things to life, but it's over the long haul right it's over the curve of eternity it's not just in the here and now in the short time and again hear me i'm not saying he does not bring good things but that can't be your foundation it's got to be deeper somebody say it's got to be deeper yeah i think some of us in here this might resonate for you i think some of us are just christians because we just are like i ask you that question you go uh I i mean i don't know you know, sometimes you've just been a Christian for so long, and this is just my life, this is what I do. But what's your foundation? See, when storms come, when challenges come, when battles come, if persecution comes, if I've got to face or pay a cost. For following Jesus. Here's what I want you to know the foundation needs to be. The foundation for me for why I'm a Christian is because I was hopelessly lost in this world with absolutely no hope. I was without God in this world. I had no chance and I was gonna spend an eternity separated from God and God would have been totally right in his ways because he's holy and just to leave me that way but he didn't. He loved me and I did He love me but he sent his only begotten son for me and Jesus came for me. He died And then he rose again and said, I want to give you life. I want to give you freedom. You just need to come and follow me. I'm going to set you free. I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to redeem you. I'm going to buy you back. I'm going to fill you with my spirit. That is why I am a Christian. Because he loved me. He came for me. And he rescued me. And you can persecute me. You can come after me. You can say things about me. I may have to pay a price in this world. I'm not turning my back on my Savior. And I'm not letting him go. See, that's the foundation foundation that stands firm but see my foundation is him it's not what I'm getting it's him it's not just what my family does it's him but it's not just well this is just what I do no you've got that foundation do you have the foundation of the gospel in your life today because if you have the foundation of the gospel and you have a revelation of the gospel in your heart you will keep on being faithful why would you stop it would be absolutely crazy if you understand that but we have to get our foundation right. Everybody say, get your foundation right. If you have the wrong foundation, when a storm comes, you crumble. But if you have a right foundation, you will stand firm. So that's number one. Go back to the foundation, why are you a Christian. Number two, we're talking about how do we keep on being faithful. The second thing is that we make a choice in our life that I'm going to be a disciple of Jesus and not just a fan of Jesus. Come on, somebody tell your neighbor, be a disciple, not a fan. Now, this connects a little bit to my first point about foundations, but I also think it comes at some things from a different angle. Matthew twenty eighteen to 20 says this, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. There. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Family, Jesus is looking for disciples. Jesus is calling you to be a disciple to not just be a churchgoer to not just be a cultural Christian to not just be someone who's with him sometimes but not other times a Sunday Christian a Sunday Monday he is looking for a full time every day all week all year 24 7 disciples because here's the deal disciples are the ones who stay faithful if you're a fan instead of a disciple you will not be able to handle the heat if you're a fan and not just a disciple you sit there on the sidelines you cheer other people on but if they ask you to get on the field yourself you're like oh no i can't do that i was watching my nephew play football yesterday he's quarterback he's really good you know what i like cheering him on i promise you i do not want to get on that field i would get injured like the first play or i'd fake an injury the first play i mean i'd just be done right because it's totally different to be a fan than to actually be a disciple and actually get in the middle of things jesus is looking for disciples what is a disciple there's lots that i could say but i'll say this really quickly disciples are disciplined followers students those who are devoted to follow the ways of another that's what a disciple is that's what jesus is calling that's what jesus is looking to build but what happens is especially and I if i can just say this plainly in North American Christianity we tend to build fans and not disciples. Fans show up and cheer but they don't do very much. Fans, fans are engaged and excited but there's no sacrifice on their part. Come on, you cheer for your favorite team and I love cheering on our Raptors for example I love cheering on different sport teams but I'm sitting on a couch with a coke and some chips going, come on you guys dig deep, what's going on? What am I really doing? Right? We kind of armchair quarterback people. Cheer them on from the sidelines. But that's where a lot of us are. We show up on Sunday. Give me a good word, pastor. We'll have a little worship. Oh, that's great. I love Naila. She's awesome. Okay, that's great. Maybe throw a little something in the offering basket. Go home. Live for ourselves. Don't sacrifice. Don't give. Don't lay down our lives in any kind of way. That's not discipleship. And yet many times we've been told subconsciously that's okay Christianity it's sad to say that many times real disciples look kind of strange it's like whoa they're kind of hardcore like they they do this every day that's that's really no no listen in the kingdom it's lukewarmness that's weird yeah. Yeah. come on from heaven's perspective they're going you got the king of kings the lord the lord living inside of you you got a relationship with jesus you got the same power that raised christ from the dead dwelling inside of you you got the word of life in your hand and you're living lukewarm that's weird Right, that, that, that's what's strange. But so often we buy and go for discipleship, guys. Go deeper, because when you're a disciple, it gives you the fortitude to stay faithful. Right, it's like if we said, okay guys, right now let's go, we're all going out and running 10 kilometers. You know what, some of us would be able to do it. But I promise the ones who are able to do it are people who train and run, have some kind of physical activity. Some of us after like 500 meters would be like, I'm done, I quit, I give up. I, I'm finished. I'd probably be more on that side right now in this season of my life. But see, here's the whole point is, is disciples train. Disciples prepare. But then disciples can stay faithful. My, uh, Matthew 4, 19 to 20, I'm gonna pick up my pace a little bit here saying, he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And they left their nets and followed him. Just a couple of quick thoughts so First and foremost, discipleship means you're following Jesus. Are you following Jesus on a daily basis? Are you following the ways of Jesus in your life? That's what discipleship looks like. Secondly, he said, follow me and I will make you. This speaks of formation. When you are a disciple of Jesus, you are regularly allowing the Lord to correct you, shape you, mold you, convict you. Remember last week we were taking some time to talk about how we need to embrace rebuke in our life and we need to embrace some proof and we need to embrace being corrected by God instead of trying to stay away from all that? That's part of discipleship, he forms you. Listen family, the world we're in wants to form you. Jesus wants to form you. There's no middle ground. You've got to get into Jesus or else you're going to be formed by what's going on around you. So discipleship is about formation. Everybody say formation. The third thing I love here, discipleship, and Jesus built this in right at the start. Notice he didn't say, follow me and I'm going I'm to teach you to start the church. I'm going to teach you this to do that. No, he said, follow me, I'm going to make you fishers of men. A third part of discipleship is right from the beginning, you're looking to reach somebody else. You're looking to help somebody else. You're looking to say to somebody, hey, follow me as I follow Christ. In fact, I just I want to stir this in us. What if all of us would just pray through the rest of 2022, God, help me to reach somebody with your love. I'm not even saying 10 people, 15 people, 20 people, one person. You just pray, you say, God, help me get to one person. Help me to love on one person. Help me to serve one person. God, give me somebody who maybe's fallen away from their faith. Instead of criticizing or judging them or being uncomfortable with them, I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to love on them. Because my goal is that they would be restored to their relationship with Jesus. See, that's discipleship. Discipleship is not just sit and watch. Discipleship is learn and do. And then I love this last part. It says they left their nets and they followed him. If you're going to follow Jesus, there's some things you have to leave behind. There's some things that you got to let go of. There's some things that you got to lay down so you can pick up all that God has for you. And I feel it so strongly today, family. Some in this place, the reason you're struggling right now in your spiritual walk is there's some things that you are supposed to have left behind that you keep trying to bring with you. There's a little bit of, some of you are like Abraham when God said, leave all your family. But Abraham brought Lot. And Abraham brought Lot with him and Lot caused nothing but problems for Abraham because he was never supposed to bring Lot and it's interesting can I just get off on a side note here Lot was connected to a family member that Abraham had lost so he had this grieving he had this hurt he brought Lot because Lot was the connection to that he didn't want to let Lot go There's some things that we've got to make a decision to let go of if we're truly going to follow Jesus. And it hurts in the moment. It's hard in the moment. Sometimes it can be very painful in the moment, but you got to say I'm following Jesus and I trust God that he has my best interests at heart So even if he's telling me to lay something down right now That is hard for me to lay down I have to know that he's God that he sees the big picture and that he has my best interest in heart And so I'm choosing to trust him and I'm choosing to follow him and you never lose when you do that But I'll tell you where you lose You lose when you keep holding on to things and won't let them go. You won't let go when God's got so much more for you. I'm preaching to somebody today. I know. I know it's hard in the moment you're in. It's hard. It's hard to let go. But you got to let go so your hands are free for what God has for you. Maybe somebody in here has kind of got this relationship in your life. Maybe a romantic relationship, and you know it's not God, but it still feels better than being alone. Here's the problem. God might have the right person around the corner for you, but if you brought the right person in and you're still with the wrong person, you're not going to connect with the right person. Good preaching, pastor. all right? So we' keep going here. So we need disciples, not fans. Fans watch. Fans cheer. Fans criticize. Yell at the refs. (laughs) Right, fans do all that, but they don't actually get on the field. God is calling you on the field because in this game, you can have as many men and women on the field as you want. And it's going to be, will you get on the field? Everybody say, get on the field. So that's number two. Number one, let's go back to our foundation of why we're a Christian. Number two, let's embrace discipleship. Number three, if you're going to be faithful to the end, you need to be biblically literate. Let me explain to you this. You need to know your Bible. You need to know what the Word of God says. How can you be faithful to something that you don't know? And many Christians fall into the trap of being unfaithful, not because they chose not to, but because of ignorance. They were being unfaithful, and they didn't even know it. Why? Because they never invested the time. This is discipleship, right? But you've got to know your Word. 2 Timothy 2.15 says this. Be diligent to present yourselves approved to God a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Catch the language that Paul's using here when he's speaking with Timothy. And again, I remind you, I love passage of 2 Timothy because 2 Timothy was written during a time of great persecution and great pressure on the church. Historically, it it was a terrible time to be a Christian. Yet yeah, this is the time that Paul's saying God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. God's saying, "Listen, study to show yourself approved to God. A work who's not be seen rightly divine. Why was it so true? Because people were falling left, right, and center during this time, and some of what was happening was they were bringing out false teaching to exclude, to excuse their falling away. But it talks it uses words here like "be diligent." Are you diligent about the scriptures? Am I diligent about the scriptures? It says be diligent. It talks about rightly dividing. That means I've got to humbly ask God to help me continue to grow in rightly dividing God's word because it means I can divide it wrongly. It means I can fall into deception. It reminds me of Mark 13, verse 5 from the Passion Translation. Jesus answered, said, at that time, deception will run rampant. So beware that you're not fooled. Now there's several different applications for this scriptures. I believe it speaks very much to the times that we're in. But it says deception will run rampant. So be careful that you're not fooled. The fact that Jesus said this means that I need to be cautious because I could be fooled. Now, about you, but sometimes I fall into the trap and think, well, you know, I'm a Christian. I'm a good guy. I love Jesus. So God's just gonna magically protect me from deception. But no, Jesus said you need to be on your guard against deception. You need to protect yourself against deception because deception will come. Family, Jesus warns us to be fooled of deception, so that means that the potential is there. But if he warns us, it also means he's given us power to overcome it. And I want to remind you as well, the kicker about deception is you don't think you're deceived. Once time you met somebody, say, yeah, I'm in deception. Right? Oh, of course I'm deceived. No, when you're a deception, you think you're right, and you actually will criticize and attack people who are right because you've been deceived. So Jesus said you've got to guard against this. How do you guard against this? By being in the Word of God. I shared with you a couple of sessions ago on this, but they talked to, I remember hearing an interview or reading about an interview with a, an, expert at, at, an expert in currency, and his expertise was determining if something was real or it was a fake. And so they said, to him, well, how much time do you spend studying forage money? How much time? You know, they're thinking, you must spend all this time to be so good at this. And he actually looked at me and he said, actually, I spend very little time with forage money. He said, I spend all my time focused on the real stuff. He said, because when I understand the real stuff and I know what it feels like, I know what it smells like, I know how it's built, then the minute I get my hands on something that's fake, I know it. I might not know why right off the beginning, but I know so intimately the real dollar bill that you can't fool me with a fake dollar bill. But I don't spend all my time figuring out all the fake ones, I just focus on the real one and no matter what way you try and make it fake, because I know the real one, because I know the truth, I'm guarded against deception. Family, I want to encourage you today in the days when you want to guard against deception, spend time with Jesus and spend so much time with the Word of God that even, and this is how it'll work, something will come up that's off or that's deception, and something in your spirit will just go, "Eh, no, something just doesn't feel right about that. And sometimes you can't even explain it. You don't even know why. It's just in your spirit there's an alert. And then you start digging a little deeper to understand why. But the Holy Spirit guards you and keeps you. But if we are lazy about the Word of God, if we are disconnected without the Word of God, if we're casual about the Word of God, we can get sucked into things that God never wanted us to be in. Right? You've got to build. It's funny. Sometimes we read these passages like "build your house on the rock" versus "build your house on the sand." I'm like, yeah, that's so wonderful. That's so nice. We never actually build our house on the rock, and then we wonder why we fall down when storms come. Or the storm comes, God, please keep my house up, please keep my house up, God, shun da, 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 da shun da, da 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 keep my house up, God, keep my house up, and house starts falling. And God's like, I keep telling you, why didn't you build on the rock? And every once in a while, God swoops in, and His grace, thankfully, kind of helps keep, keep us together, but just build on the rock. And so we need to make sure that we are biblically literate. We live in a generation in so many ways that do not know their Bibles. And so that's why we can get sucked into all kinds of foolishness and craziness if we don't know what God says. Disciples read the Word. Disciples meditate on the Word. Disciples build their life on the Word of God. So I love Psalm 119, And It says, your Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You get the Word and it keeps you on the right path. And guys, this is such a big part of my prayer. It's not like I got old, oh, this deception thing I see is there, but I just know the times that we're in. Be with Jesus. Be a disciple. Get into the Word of God. And that's going to fortify you against deception. That's going to fortify you to be faithful and to keep on being faithful. Come on, somebody say it again keep on being faithful. Justin wants to come join me. We're getting ready to land this. Number four we need to understand how to discern cultural moments let me explain this so we're talking about being disciples we're talking about being the word now we've got to learn how to discern what's happening in the culture in the world around us and filter that through the word of god this is so important Family, we are living in very challenging and complex times. We need to know what the Word of God says and then we've got to know how to discern and how to apply it to this issue. What does discern mean? Discern means to perceive, to recognize, or to distinguish. In other words, discernment means you can take something that's maybe not clear and you can cut through it and you can see to the truth and see what's happening. We have to walk in this in these days that we're in. I love from uh, 1 Chronicles 12, 32, it says, Sons of Issachar men who had understanding of the times to know what israel ought to do 200 chiefs and their kinsmen under their command it's a powerful passage it talks about this group of men that were joining david they were sons of iscar and i think there's a prophetic edge to it but they discerned the times and they knew what they needed to do god wants to give us grace to discern what's happening around us and to know what we need to do but you need to learn to discern you need to learn when you see things in the news when you see things in politics, when you see things in social justice, when you see things that are happening, we've gotta to learn to how to discern or else we can get pulled off course. We've gotta learn how to discern or else we can get pulled into deception. Let me encourage you in some questions that you've gotta ask. Whenever, whatever's happening, I mean we can pull, just any kind of cultural issue, movement, things that happen. The first question you need to learn to ask is this, what does God's word say about this? God's words are found. Not what's the news saying about it. Not what my friends saying about it. Not what my social media feed is saying about this. What does the Word of God say about this? But then we got to be biblically literate, right? Because if we don't know the Word, we won't know how to do that. But we've got to say, what's God say? Then the second question we've got to learn is, what is God's heart regarding this? I want to know His Word and I want to know His heart. And I've got to discern. One of the things that has just been such a burden on me over these last number of years is to watch how many believers, and I'm not perfect at it. I'm always humbly seeking God. But just to watch how many believers have no sense of discernment at all about something that's going on. And we jump on a bandwagon that Jesus isn't on, or we're staying off a bandwagon that Jesus is on and we should be on because we don't discern well. A couple more thoughts on this. Quite often, not all the time, but especially in the world we're in right now, here in Canada, our Canadian reality, quite often, God's heart is not going to be the popular opinion. That's where it gets hard though, because it's coming at us. It's coming at us from every angle. There's pressure about certain things, and we've got to say, okay, what's God's word say? What is God's heart? And we've got to understand, this might not be popular opinion, but even if nobody else will stand with me, I need to stand with Jesus. That's faithfulness. And can I take it a step further? Now I will not be popular opinion, but sometimes God's word and God's heart is not going to be your personal preference because we all have personal preferences. Amen. Well, some people don't want to admit that. I mean, you know, we're going to have Emma Stark with us in next month. God, we got a Friday night rally. We've got people flying in from literally across the country for some things. She'll be here instead, but she always said something. I will go all the details, but I really learned something from it. She was talking about something in her nation. She's in Scotland. She said something really stood out to me. There's kind of some political things going on. And this, I really learned from this when she said this. She said, this would be my preference, one choice. She said, that's what I want. But when I prayed and sought God, he told me his will was something else. She said, so I don't have a right to prophesy or pray or move forward what my opinion is. Once I know what God's saying about it, I need to get in line with him about it. Guys, and I want to encourage you, in the days we're in, we've got to learn to discern. You shouldn't be left or right. You should be kingdom. Amen. And wherever Jesus is, your eyes stand with him. But we've got to discern or else some of us are more discipled by social media and what the newspapers saying and what the television station is saying, all these other things. It's discipling us more than what God is discipling us. And we can get pulled off with that. Don't let it happen. And again, I'm not talking. You know, sometimes people got this. They start kind of jumping in. Oh, what's he referring to? What's he talking about? I'm not talking about his side. I'm not talking. I'm saying you have to remember when Joshua was getting ready to go into Jericho, and he stood there, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him, and Joshua said, "Are you for us or against us?" He said, "Neither." He said, "I'm the captain of the Lord of the host of God. I'm the captain of the armies of the Lord of hosts." Was, neither. He's like, you ask me what side I'm on. You better get on my side. Somebody say get on God's side. What's God's side? Get on God's side and stay on God's side. That's what we've got to do, but we need discernment. So we pray for discernment, we believe for discernment. In other words, I don't have a picture here. Somebody have glasses? Let me glasses, can I borrow glasses? Ashley, give me your glasses. She's my sister, so some of you are like, I ain't giving you my glasses. See, if I need glasses and I'm not wearing them, everything's gonna be foggy, it's hard to see. It's hard to discern, depending on how bad my eyesight is or whatever's going on. But if I put the glasses on, whoa, y'all got a lot closer. Right? All of a sudden I can see clearly now. You got to put the glasses of the word on. You got to put the glasses of what Holy Spirit is saying on when you look at a situation or else you can get led off into something that, that wasn't God. You know, they, they talk about in the scripture. They talk about where they said they realized God was in this place. You don't want to end up somewhere and sit up one day and realize God is not here. Now well, thankfully you can get back to where he is. But we've got to have discernment. Everybody say discernment. Thank you, Ashley. My 30-second borrow of your glasses. So let's go ahead and the, the worship team can come back here. So if we're going to keep on being faithful... Number one, foundation. Why why, why am I a Christian? Let's get that straight. Let's make sure I'm building on the right foundation. Let's make sure I'm building on the foundation of the gospel. Number two, am I a disciple of Jesus or a fan? Make a commitment today. I'm I'm getting off the field. I'm getting out of the stands. I'm getting on the field. I want to be a disciple. Number three, become literate in the scriptures. Love the word. Study the word. Fill yourself with the word. There's something supernatural about the word of God. If you just regularly put it in you, it's gonna build and fortify you. Get in the word. Number four, ask God for discernment. And and just there's certain things, guys, the enemy has been deceiving people for thousands of years. He's good at it. But the Holy Spirit's smarter. But you got to stay with him, or else we can get pulled into things that's not God. So make sure that you have discernment. And the last but not least, says goes, we need to live from an eternal perspective. You want to live from an eternal perspective, and I could preach a lot on this, but I'll just say one or two thoughts, and then we're going to pray and go before the Lord. I, I don't have an issue with this phrase at all. In, in some ways, I actually want to agree with it. But how many have heard someone talk about not being on the wrong side of history? You heard that phrase? You want to be on the wrong side of history? Now, I don't want to be on the wrong side of history myself. But the question is, what is the wrong and the right side of history? Here's what I'm more concerned about. I want to be far more concerned about making sure I'm not on the wrong side of eternity. Because sometimes what can be presented to us as being on the wrong side of history is actually on the wrong side of eternity. And that's what really matters. I love 2 Corinthians four seventeen eighteen. 18. It says, For this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all care and person, As we look not to the things which are seen, but to the things which are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal family, in closing today, I want to remind you, even as we talk about this call to faithfulness, as we talk about this call to keep on being faithfulness, even when we face battles and challenges and things are coming against us, but we're being rooted in ground and faithfulness, I want to remind you today that you are not a citizen of this world, but the Bible teaches you that you are a citizen of heaven, that you are an ambassador representing the kingdom of God, and you have a responsibility to not bow your knee to what is popular or what is kind of going on right now in this world you have an opportunity and you have a responsibility to stand on behalf of the kingdom of god to stand on behalf of jesus to stand on behalf of what he says and stand on behalf of we are called to be faithful i also want to remind you that one day every one of us are going to stand before jesus and we're going to give an account we're going to stand before him and we are going to give an account of the life we live, where we stood, where we bowed our knee, what we did. And I want every one of us to be able to stand before him and hear, well done, good and faithful servant. It was hard sometimes, but you were faithful. Some people misunderstood you, but you were faithful. You were persecuted in this season, but you were faithful. You lost some financial gain in this season, but you were faithful. You were ostracized, but you were faithful. People around you came against you, but you were faithful. No matter what, on that day, it's no excuses. It's just you want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. And my prayer for myself, my prayer for every one of us, my prayer for everybody tuning in online is that we will be faithful. A closing thought for you. What if I told you for the next 24 hours, I need you to live this way and do this. And if you will do this for the next 24 hours, for the rest of your life, you will have an unlimited bank account that you can do everything you want to. How many of you think that no matter what you had to do for those 24 hours, it would be worth it? How many know that even if it was difficult in those 24 hours, if you're talking about an unlimited bank account, it would be worth it? How many know if you had to stay up the entire time, you had to drink coffee, slap yourself in the face, if you had to do something totally crazy, whatever, all you're thinking is, I just have to get through 24 hours and then I've got just this incredible opportunity for the rest of my life? What I'm talking to you about an eternal reality is even greater than that. We're not even talking about the rest of your life. We are talking about your life here that then impacts all of eternity. And I want to walk into eternity. I want to stand before Jesus. I don't want to have to go through and live forever knowing that I was not faithful to him, knowing that I was unfaithful in my life. I want to be able to walk through there in the trials, the difficulties, the burdens all gone, but with a heart that said, I did everything I could to be faithful because it matters for all of eternity. How many people want to have that heart as well? All right, so let's do this. I want to pray for us. I want to pray today, just even as we bring this series to a close, that we will live in faithfulness, that we will have the right foundation, that we will be disciples of Jesus, that we will grow in our literacy in the scriptures, that we will know how to discern the moments that we're in and that we'll know how to live from an eternal perspective. So if you're with me on that, because I'm praying this for myself, I need all five. But if you need any of those five, if you need all five, you need five, six, and seven, and eight, and the other stuff I didn't talk about, you know you need it. I just want to invite you to stand up for, a se- for this moment as we close, because I'm going to pray for us. So if your heart is saying, God, give me that grace to be faithful. Help me to walk out faithfulness. I want to be faithful. And Father, we just come before you in Jesus' name as we stand here today. And we thank you for deeper faithfulness. Lord, I thank you for every person under the sound of my voice. I thank you for every person that's tuning in online. Father, that you're marking us regarding faithfulness. You're stirring something in us in a fresh way today regarding faithfulness. That we will be faithful. That we'll have the right foundation. That we'll be disciples. That we will be biblically literate. That we will know how to discern the times that we're in. That we will, that we will have an eternal perspective. Mark us with this, God, today. Mark every person, God. Do that work in us, God. Lord, that we will keep on being faithful. And we will keep on being faithful. And then we'll keep on being faithful. And we'll keep on being faithful. And even when it's hard, we'll keep on being faithful. And even if we're misunderstood, we'll keep on being faithful. And maybe even if we see a prayer request that we didn't get answered the way we thought it was going to get answered, we'll keep on being faithful. And even if we have tears streaming down our face and we feel like we can't take another step and it feels like there's pressure hitting us from every side, deep in our spirit, we'll stir something up and say, I'm going to keep being faithful. I'll be faithful through the tears. I'll be faithful through the challenge. I'll be faithful through the battles because Jesus is worth it. He deserves it. He is worthy of it all. I will keep on being faithful. So do this work in this God in Jesus' name. Now that's why I just asked the team, just can we just worship for a moment? I just want us to just take a moment to seal this before God, and then I'm gonna dismiss and get us out of here. Hmm.
1: Faithfulness, faithfulness is what I long for. Faithfulness is what I need. Faithfulness, faithfulness is what you want for what you want from me.
0: And so, Lord, we thank you for deeper faithfulness. Thank you for taking our heart, transforming it. Molding it, God. Thank you for taking our mind and transforming it. Thank you for taking our will and conforming it to thank you for every person here God and we're not just going to start well we're not just going to have a good season but we are going to keep on being faithful that you're building something in us God for the days to come and that we are going to be good and faithful servants in Jesus name and everyone agreed with me said amen, amen. if we just want to bow our heads for a moment I do want to give an opportunity today before I dismiss if there's anyone who needs to be right with God the Bible teaches us that God loves us with our everlasting love. But we've been separated from that love by sin. Because of sin, we deserve death. That's the bad news. Here's the good news. Jesus came, he died and rose again. He said, if you put your faith in trust in me, instead of the wages of sin, which is death, you'll get a free gift of eternal life. All we've got to do, though, is make a decision to say yes to him and say yes to receive it. It's that simple. But it's very significant. And so if you're in here today and you need to give your life to Jesus or you need to give your life back to him, I want you to just put your hand up real quick. You say, I need to give my life to Christ. I need to give my life back to him. Thank you, I see a hand there. Thank you, I see a hand there. If there's anybody else who says, I need to give my life to Christ. I need to give my life back to him. Amen. Well, Father, we thank you today for that. Come on, let's just pray this prayer all together. I want you to pray it from your heart with me if you raise your hand, but let's all pray it. Say, Jesus, thank you for your love for me. Thank you that you came for me. Thank you that you died. Thank you that you rose again. Today I turn my back on sin. I commit my life to you. Fill me. Free me. Forgive me. I want to follow you. In Jesus' name. Amen. So here's what we're going to do. We, try, we want to uh, finish things up. Obviously, parents, if you can go get your kids, because our kids' workers have been serving all day. But we're going to have a few of our servant leaders. So we're going to have some of our connection leaders, some of our other leaders, Atlanta, some others. If you just want to come forward across the front, uh, if you raised your hand and said you need to give your life for Christ or give back to him, I want you to come. Just talk with one of them. They're going to pray with you. If you need prayer for something else today, we're going to have some leaders here as well that are going to be ready to pray with you. Uh, just want to make sure. I know we're a little low on the leader front today. So if I get a few more just to make sure I got others standing forward, Rebecca, if you're good to come. I don't know if I can pull on my dad from the back here to come on up. I think he's coming. But just we want to have some, make sure we have people. So if you need prayer, the team's going to worship for a little bit more if that's okay. And uh, you feel free to worship, but also feel free to go if you need to today. Please remember um, the youth fundraising cafe is happening. Parents, your money's due today for youth camp. And couples, this is the last day to sign up for our summer marriage tune-up. But we love you. God bless you guys. And guests, make sure you go get at the Connect table, get your free gift card. But we love you. God bless you. Have an amazing Sunday. Let's keep being faithful. Amen? Somebody say, keep on being faithful. Amen. Amen. God bless you. If you raise your hand, you know you should have. You need prayer for something else, come forward. God bless you. Have an amazing Sunday.